Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, we bring you the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues while sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's market report. Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 17th of August 2020. Some of the crowd are on the pitch and they think it's all over. Well, it very nearly is. Let's face it, in four weeks we've had just about our entire harvest uh, from winter barley right the way through. Uh, to the end of spring barley completed and it has been I don't know it hasn't been as busy as usual lorries are aplenty um, I guess people have tucked it away or simply not grown enough tonnage of it but it has been extremely strange um, so I've got with me Ben and we're just going to run through the market report stuff because we're going to have a bit of a chat about a couple of things going on in the world which is vaguely interesting so let's start with um, feed barley which is staying at 120x farm there is plenty of spring barley rejections and stuff that's coming in too high nitrogen on sample uh, that's keeping the market fed so if anything we, we, we could do with the pound weakening and there being more export for feed barley in the next couple of months so if Boris could just drop a clangor somewhere or maybe, I don't know, something to make the pound drop, we could get rid of a lot more of our, of our um, barley and it would push the base up because it's not that much lower than the, the malting price. So, yeah, a little bit of uh, poor performance from the pound would be useful to push the price up if that's uh, if that's what we want. Um, looking further forward, I think spring barley will come into the grist a lot more. The consumers have certainly been showing interest in the last week. We've had three or four inquiries about it and some bids that were looked certainly good relative to harvest prices, but in our opinion too low. Now somebody somewhere probably sold it, but uh, I would like to think we'd be trading feed barley at 130x as we get towards the end of the year, early part of next year, quite easily. Um, That depends upon, as I say, whether we can get more away on boats, and how much is going to be increased in the grist, because it is a big discount to wheat. Moving on to malting barley, um, obviously the winter barley harvest is, is over and tucked away in the barn. Big question now is what sort of quality is the spring barley going to be? Well, we've seen a big cross-section of our barleys. There is a lot more in the 1.66 to 185 range than we would like and not enough in the under 1.65 range. That's very clear that um, we're not getting as many low nitrogens as we wish. We'll have some, we always do, and there'll be a good lump of it for the people that we're committed to. We will find the barley, but it is not as easy as uh, as that. Apparently, the very early samples from Scotland, and it is too early to be cutting up there because they have had a lot of rain and it has had exceptionally good growing conditions, despite a bit of extra heavy rain this last week. The, the anecdotal observations are saying... It's a low nitrogen year up in Scotland. So that could kind of undermine our market down here as time goes on. But that's still a little way away because it is, it is not yet mature enough to cut. So the market is feeling quite subdued. There's lots of uh, talk of a reasonable crop in Denmark. Right, there's been issues in other parts of Europe. But I, I, think, I think the malting market is fair to say it was never going to be that exciting because of the carryover stock. But it's, um, yeah, it is trading at 
if you had perfect spring malting barley, I'd put a value around about 140x farm as a, as a guess um, for immediate movement. There's some better prices for later on in the season, but I think that trade will go on quite readily in the next week or two. I think um, we, let's just see what how the finished how the finished uh, bins of the doing grain empire uh, end up how many tons of low nitrogen have we got how many tons of mid-range have we got and how many molsters are prepared to shift what they use into a slightly higher spec oh sorry and also let's not forget let's hope we don't have another lockdown ah lockdown lockdown will come after harvest now won't it yeah um but that could really sap consumption but anyway yeah i mean maybe we'll just keep taking a barrel every day here and (laughs) and just continue doing our bit for mankind. Well, certainly drinking patterns have changed, and will they ever come back? We were with a a brewer uh, recently, and he he made the comment that uh, wet lead pubs, which is the drinkers' pubs, are the ones that are suffering. You know, the food ones have found a way. And if anything, they've actually found a way of making a bit more money in the sense that they haven't had excess staff, because you'd have, like, really busy Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and lots of staff on, and lots of people cramming into the pub. But because of the increased staffing rates, the amount of money they actually make relative to having an organised booking system where you have a minimal number of staff, you cut your overheads more than you you, you lose in terms of, of turnover. So in other words, they're making, actually at the moment, slightly bigger profit on lower numbers, being more organised to our sessions, next table full comes in, and you can do it with the same stuff. That makes sense, yeah. Very interesting. Mm. Not enough beer being drunk. But yes, you're right. Now, right, spot, spot price rate is kind of non not happening because it's all in the barn and that's the end of that. So 320x is, is its kind of tentative value. If someone said, here's some tonnage, I'm quite certain everyone would wake up and pay a bit more money, but it's, it's just kind of gone to sleep and everyone's bored with talking about it. The only anecdotal conversation I have about oilseed rape is we had a farmer who ordered some seed from us and he sent his seed back because he observed the volunteer rape that had come out the back of his combine on his rapeseed crop had been decimated by flea beetle. And he said, if they're going to decimate the, the volunteers in that field, then they're going to decimate what I plant. It's pointless. So that is an interesting observation, bearing in mind that people have planted very early to avoid the flea beetle peak of uh, destruction. Yes, and another anecdotal piece, if, apparently I think if some people have drilled their rate very early and sharp downfall of rain could wash it out of the soil. <laughs> There's been a couple of those today, hasn't there? And there has been a couple of those. Yeah, not in Aylsham, but in Cantley they had two inches in about 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's because Ollie and Joe were there. God was sort of like pointing... <laughs> lightning at them something they've done but ian's comment is long-term bullish and short-term kind of stuck in a rut uh, the veg oils market is strong in the world there's a big demand that the chinese are ramping up their pig stocks dramatically uh, because obviously they culled loads of them some of them in a not very christian manner um and they're now you know pork is up did you say 86 percent? 86 percent domestic price. pork prices yeah yeah so imagine be- if that happened Anywhere else in the world, they'd be rioting. But in China, you don't hear anything. Well, we're gonna, we, we might as well come on to China. Yeah. <laughs> because um, Ben came up with yet another one of his interesting facts. Actually, before we, actually now we, we've got Ben here, because we, this bit, the market report I'll do with Ben, but I have had some of the female listeners 
saying how much they love Ben for his feminine side coming out and caringness last week. Oh, okay. That's nice, Ben. That's really good, yeah. Yeah. And then we've uh, got, got anything to say about for your female listeners? Uh, no. It was all, <laughs> you know, my wedding anniversary went very smoothly. Thank you. Good. And the, the male listeners on the same subject wonder how you got, wonder how you got on. <laughs> I'm still married. So that's the main thing. Left leg first. Anyway, <laughs> that's the only joke of this week. Um, right. With that, moving on. You, the, the interesting fact about China and their new policy or their campaign. Tell us about that one, Ben. Yes. So the following on from last week where we spoke about these corn stocks possibly being decimated in stores and how uh, the guy who took the video disappeared and the video disappeared, we now see them launching something called the Clean Plates Campaign. And this is to discourage food waste. Right. But it's interesting because culturally in China, people are obsessed with having too much food. Apparently if you go to a restaurant with friends or eat at someone's house, you have to have more food than they can physically manage. A bit like lunchtime here at the Dewey Grain office. It's rude not to have food left over. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You can't... If you have people over for dinner and they all finish their plates and they're clean, that is... You have been rude to your visitors. You've not given them enough. And and consequently, there's really popular videos... Of Chinese people eating huge... More food than they can manage. So apparently these people are now being targeted. This is very, very bizarre, but this is true. So, and I kind of... This links back into the Chinese government probably not wanting to admit that actually we don't have as much food as we thought... And they don't want to panic their population. Well, yeah, it's it, China have a history of perhaps not giving you the facts as they are. We're we're led to believe. Yes, China. Anyway, so we're probably going to get targeted now in some IT. Do you think? I think the Chinese might come for the Dewing Grain server. Yeah, probably we'll have a. You know, we won't have quite the influence of certain certain blonde head comorbid people, but <laughs> yeah, they are, they are allegedly are wasting eighteen million tons of food. A year, yeah. And only a government that's trying to get people to cut back on something it, it just seems a little bit too obvious with all the other bits of information we've got, doesn't it? I think they yeah. have a problem. They have yeah. a shortage. They've definitely had a drought. They've fallen out with several countries. They're even buying veg oil from Canada, who they've got a massive fallout with because of the Huawei lady. Who's yeah, they've, they've arrested Huawei's chief exec, and she's still under house arrest in Canada. Yeah, so they're not very fond of Canada, yet they have to buy veg oil off them. Yeah. So it's, you know, and they, they famously bought a big lump of wheat and a big lump of uh, corn recently off the states yeah so they are trading with people who are they are uh, quite openly having rhetoric uh, or, or or troubles with which leads you to think equally that they are possibly needing that stuff so mm. there's there is obviously demand and there is obviously now another way to stop there being a food ma- uh, stop there being a shortage is to turn around to your people and blame them yeah. for being fatties or whatever they're doing and uh, getting them to uh, Change their time. I think they should have a video actually of, of a plate of biscuits um, on Ian's desk because that would always be empty. Exactly, <laughs> he can't stop himself. It's the bear trap. We call it the bear trap, and he'd sit there on the phone unconsciously talking away, and then pick up a biscuit and eat it. And Josh used to feed him. 
Yeah. And he did fall, he did realise in the end and like fought the urge, but um, yeah, they should have a video of Ian Webster, actually. So like Pavlov's dog. Yeah. So, so it's one of those, um, we think it's another clue to say that Chinese are going to underlyingly be in this market. So it is a little bullish signal and mm. I wouldn't hang my hat on buying the backside out of the grain market at the moment, but it's certainly something we have to be conscious of. Yeah, it's not bearish anyway. No. That's the thing. And while while you're in here, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you something really interesting, Ben. Because in Norfolk, we're very proud of things that we invent, right? Important. Just so you know, I moved to Norfolk ten years ago. Everyone, so. yeah. So fifteen years, you get a passport. Anyway, okay. So from now, that is twenty-five total. Anyway, this is this is really useful to everybody who's listening. This is a Norfolk invention, right? You have a wasp pestering you. Okay. What you do is you get your hand. And get it like a beak, like emu, if you like. Okay. And you make jabbing, pecking motions towards the wasp, right? Now, obviously, if you catch the wasp, you're going to get stung on your fingers. So don't be too good at doing that. However, by doing that, the wasp goes away. Norfolk invention. Because it thinks you're a bird? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, yes, they do. They think you're a bird, and they bugger off. Okay, I am... and if that Astounded works, by this. I want you, yeah, you should be. That yeah. works. This is a Norfolk invention. Okay. Pretend your hand is a bird and try and peck at the wasp. Make jabbing motions towards it and it will go. Okay, so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yes, whenever you come to Norfolk, everyone has to go on the Reed and Ferry. That's that. Yes, yeah, the other thing, yeah, a, a river trip. <laughs> so, Feebwe X Farm, futures have, have, have kind of bottomed out a bit this week. Current value X Farm is about 158 for November. That's pretty good. If you consider you can make probably 56 for September because nobody's selling it spot, that is a little bit, hang on a minute, why am I hanging on for two months to, why don't I just sell it? Is, is a thought I would put out there. I think there will be some September sales coming forward, but right now the consumer cannot even drag anything out of the farmer. And in fact, the biggest buyer was in the market for delivery of wheat next week in Norfolk at only a, a, you know, a quid discount to that. So there are some big prices for spot wheat and September and all the way through because farmers are, are still holding out. And that is a, is a, a Europe-wide phenomena. Everyone thinks they've got magic magic beans or magic milling wheat, and feed wheat is simply not getting traded. So that seamlessly slips into milling wheat. And our advice last week to sell the premium, were we right? Yes. I Yes, we were. So the Group 1 premium seems to be edging back slightly. We've seen more samples of milling wheat. The quality's good, protein's good, everything's fine, so there's no issues there. Group 2 wheats, again, everything's fine there, but the market on those is very limited. Uh, Group 1 premium is probably delivered £28 over the November futures. Yeah, which is about a fiver off its its moment a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and anecdotal evidence is Canadian milling wheat is cheap because the dollar is weak. And there's lots of it available, so that is going to keep a lid on anything going forwards. Yeah, okay. And so, and the same applies to the soft wheat, although soft wheat's harder to replace. Yeah. There has been a hell of a lot of the stuff traded, hasn't there? Even we've dug some out and traded it this week. Yeah. Um, so the premium for that over the X farm value is probably now nine to ten pounds max, depending on how, how far you are That's from it. a mill. I mean, let's, let's all remember if you're going to trade something for a premium, into a mill, it doesn't mean to say that it will get delivered and accepted into the mill. They might find something wrong with it, 
heaven forbid, and then you end up sitting in the middle of the country, rejected, and end up with a feed price and a great big haulage bill on top. And there's lots of customers been lost over the years in that in that terrible scenario. The quality of this year's crop and the quality, the moisture, should mean there shouldn't be a problem. But just always have that. You are being paid a premium for something. It needs to be a big enough premium to take that risk. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Mutimer family have been rearing pigs outdoors since 1973 and in recent years have developed Swannington Farm to Fork into a multi-award winning rural business. The animals are reared to the highest welfare standards and are fully recognised by schemes such as the RSPCA's Freedom Food Scheme and the Red Tractor Assurance Scheme. The pigs thrive on grass-covered sandy soil, while sheep and beef cattle graze the beautifully environmentally sensitive meadows of Swannington Beck. Swannington Farm to Fork is a multi-award winning wholesale butchers and farm shop who specialise in supplying fully traceable meat with the emphasis on quality, taste, animal welfare and food miles to pubs, restaurants, hotels, cafes, colleges, hospitals and the public. In September 2019, Farm to Fork won the Eat Norfolk Food and Drink Field to Fork Award, with the judges being impressed with the sustainability of Swannington Farm to Fork and explaining how the business is producing an outstanding product and has a vision for the future with very impressive environmental credentials, as well as having good links to the community. For more information, visit their website, swanningtonfarmtofork.co.uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat. Right, this week, um, we we obviously were going to have the, the group of us sitting down, drinking beer, having a laugh, and, and going through the process of, of trying to chew the cut of what the, what the heck happens next with, uh, with our storage being rammed in some places and empty in others, and all of the usual rigmarole of harvest and the ups and downs and the funny stories and stuff that, that kind of... You know, it makes you laugh in a time when you're feeling pretty tired, stressed out and, and, and uh, you know, up to your neck in it. And you think that, oh, this is terrible. But um, we've had a phenomenally sobering uh, morning today. And, and one of our friends, one of our farmers, one of our store members has unfortunately lost his life today in a car accident. Um, and so Greg Anderson, who... Uh, is my age and has two sons and Diana. Uh, one of his sons was the, the store student here for three or four years and his son James was in here yesterday. Uh, and, you know, one minute he's, he's there scheming what happens next, what's he going to do tomorrow, how is he going to mend this, plant that, whatever. And the next minute he's, it, it's not that choice anymore. And our, our sincerest uh, condolences and our thoughts go out to Diana and the boys and that moment this morning, the news coming through, it kind of has knocked the whole um, perspective of what's going on today into a completely different place. I know that these things occur every now and again, and, and all of us, are, uh, you know, it's always the one thing that's certain in life other than taxes. But, you know, here we see it, and, and news like that is, is, is utterly shocking. And you reflect upon, you know, as I say, a friend, a, a good man, and you reflect upon the meaning of it all. So uh, this is not going to be a particularly long podcast today because we're, we're just really not in the mood for a, for a full-on banter session at Harvest. As much as 
I know that that's, you know, we all have to carry on and we all have to be full of vigour in life and, and cheerfulness, but just every now and again, you know, the question I ask, um, the way I feel about it, and I certainly don't feel like drinking beer and I certainly don't feel like, like having much of a laugh at this point, you know, when you reflect upon the things that are supposedly important at any particular moment in time, be it, you know, I don't know, moisture claims, haulage costs, nitrogen rejections, spilt grain, not enough rain, too much rain, price of malting barley, I don't know, um, how terrible your grain trader is, how big is your combine, flea beetle, all of those utterly importantly not really important things just kind of sail out the window and, you know, someone coming on the phone and being a bit stressed and a bit angsty and a bit angry without any doubt when you when you feel somber like this it deflates that mood so it's, it's quite a good de- deflector but um it just feels so unimportant today you know we've we've got some troubles going on we've got bins that that aren't quite the right spec we've got too much of stuff that's not you know we've got so many awns cramming up our equipment and everyone getting fed up with climbing up to the top and wishing that combine drivers thrashed it out better but you know should you have left it till it had two inches of rain on it this morning like they had in Cantley. Um, all of that stuff kind of has faded into the background. Everyone's up there unbugging the awns again, tipping them out, chucking away some of the barley with it. And it's just kind of just taken the shine off. So I think if you don't mind, this week um, we're just feeling a little bit sad and we're feeling a little bit probably worn down and a little bit fed up with it all. I think the grain trade... You know, speaking on behalf of my my brethren in that, I think we've had enough this harvest, and it's only kind of four weeks old. It just is a complex, annoying harvest. Um, the good news is there's good quality of lots of things, which which certainly on wheats, um, on barley's, there's too many high nitrogens in our part of the world. There's still a few good ones, and we'll get by. Um, and the consumer who wants to fill his mills up with UK wheat can't get on with it because there's farmer retention. All of these things kind of are just, you know, not enough to be all consumed by. Uh, and, yeah, so I'm sure you get the sense of, uh, of, of of how we're feeling today. And I hope you don't mind that, that the extent of our um, Doing Rain podcast, number 99, is not the happiest one we've ever done. So uh, have a very good week's trading and, um, you know, make sure all is right with the world wherever you can. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio. 